the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I congratulate Donald J. Trump for his win last night in Iowa and to the other candidates who competed and garnered delegate support. Today, I am suspending my campaign for president and driving back to Arkansas. My message of being a principled Republican with experience and telling the truth about the current frontrunner did not sell in Iowa. I stand by the campaign I ran. I answered every question, sounded the warning to the GOP about the risks in 2024, and presented hope for our country's future. Susan and I are blessed beyond measure. We are grateful for the opportunity to have fought in the political arena for America. That message from Asa Hutchinson. He officially suspended his campaign uh, just a little bit ago. And so Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped. Asa Hutchinson has dropped. Interesting language there, by the way. Did you catch that? I tried to warn the GOP about the risks in 2024. And then we had Vivek Ramaswamy saying, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned for this country. And there's no path forward unless some things that we don't want to see happen, happen. Now, to me, it seems that Ramaswamy is hinting that the left will do everything. And I mean anything to ensure Donald J. Trump does not get back in the White House. It appears that that might be what Asa Hutchinson is alluding to, the risks in 2024. Well, what are those risks? I think one of the risks surrounds a statement that I made earlier today. A former member of the Ohio Press Corps said that an entire campaign is based on a fundamental falsehood, question mark, And uh, he republished a poll that nearly two-thirds of GOP Iowa caucus goers believed the lie that Joe Biden did not legitimately win the election in 2020. And my question is, have you given consideration to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story? Feds colluding with big tech, especially social media giants. Last-minute election changes in multiple states. In the quote, cabal, described by Molly Ball, a mainstream writer for Time, that worked, she didn't, the the cabal worked to suppress pro-Trump ideas and other narratives that would take away from his removal from the White House. Even going so far as ensuring or being involved in somehow the burn, loot, murder riots of 2020 and using those to drum up more fear that – Essentially, there was going to be this crisis and civil war, if you will. And if you've not considered those things in the mainstream, why not? Because the reality is there are many American people who believe there was election tampering. There was rigging. At a minimum, there was interference. Yet to hear everyone else tell it, 
those Americans are buying into the, quote, big lie. Well, isn't the big lie sweeping under the rug several relevant occurrences that indeed shifted the election? I'm not even talking about alleged illegal ballot harvesting, though if you've watched the movie 2000 Mules, there are instances where people are stuffing ballot boxes and purportedly at times and places where what they were doing was illegal. Now, I would surmise that if those clips were inaccurate and those stories were untrue, we would know it because the mainstream press would say, look, the person who put that together had his pants suit off and is filing bankruptcy. It wasn't the case. But we're not even talking about that. And I leave those things off the table because somewhere in Scripture it talks about you can't feed a baby steak because it can't even drink milk yet. See, the mainstream press hasn't even caught up to the reality, so they can't eat that steak. They're still drinking the milk. They're still trying to untangle and unwind the reality that there was a concerted effort to ensure Donald Trump did not win the White House. Is that what Vivek Ramaswamy is talking about? Would it be so extreme that we're going to see more attempts from secretaries of state to have Donald Trump off the ballot? Until the Supreme Court says not going to do that. Would it be out of the question to say that there are more lawsuits coming like the one from Fannie Willis in Georgia, uh, like the one involving Alvin Bragg in New York? I don't know, but we've heard the press, the mainstream press nationally say there's going to be a black swan event. Does that even have anything to do with Trump? Does that have something to do with the I don't know, a completely open southern border? Does it have anything to do with the mass amounts of fentanyl that are in our country? Does it have anything to do with the illegals here that are taking up housing, potentially working illegally, getting worse, getting free health care in places like California and absorbing our uh, social security nets? And I'm not saying social security as in like what you pay into and you're supposed to get when you're older that I'll never see. I'm saying like security nets, like certain things that we would have those who are genuinely poor or disabled receiving. Are, they're eating into that. But until the mainstream press can tell the truth, I have zero respect or interest in understanding where they're coming. I shouldn't say that. I do want to understand where they're coming from, but it's hard for me to stomach. So we're going to get back into for the time being, uh, Molly Ball's article. We read a little bit of it yesterday. And for those of you who didn't get to hear, Molly Ball essentially uncovered, pulled the curtain back on the cabal, the secret effort to ensure Donald Trump wasn't elected in 2020. And she highlighted it was big business. So think of all those big corporations. It was labor. It was activists. And there was an architect. There was an architect. And, uh, The architect is Mike Podhorzer. Now, yesterday we left off with the scenario where he was hosting these couple of hour long Skype meetings, if you will, where they were looking at polls, they were looking at messaging, and they were dispatching essentially these little mini efforts all around the country to do what they wanted to do, which was censor, cancel, suppress anything that went against the Biden narrative anything that promoted Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you something. I genuinely believe this is speculation. I believe the hit piece that was written on me by the New York Times probably came from this cabal. 
remembering back at that time, 2020, uh, 2020, excuse me, I'm standing up and asking hard questions of Governor Mike DeWine and Amy Acton, director of the Ohio Department of Health, about the COVID response, about masks. And after a certain amount of attention had been garnered, I got a phone call. And I got a phone call from a guy who worked for the New York Times at the time who previously was at BuzzFeed. And guess what he did there? He was the first person to publish the fake dossier to perpetuate or to to, to launch the Russia collusion hoax, which we know now was part of Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. And so this clown was calling me and wanting to ask me questions about what was my expertise? How did I, how did I just emerge from nowhere to garner all of this attention regarding the COVID response and about the election? This might be going on again, and I would su- submit that it is. So the alliance, this is the group. On March 3rd, we're back to 2020. Podhorzer drafted a three-page confidential memo titled Threats to the 2020 Election. Trump has made it clear that this will not be a fair election, that he will reject anything, but his own reelection is fake and rigged, he wrote. On November 3rd, should the media report otherwise, he will use right-wing information systems to establish his narrative and incite his supporters to protest. The memo laid out four categories of challenges, attacks on voters, attacks on election administration, attacks on Trump's political opponents, and, quote, efforts to reverse the results of the election. I read that, and you know what goes on in my mind? How many of these folks in this, quote, alliance were involved in organizing trips to the Capitol on January 6th? How many of them were involved in removing the barricades and essentially saying, come on in, or opening doors, or some of the video footage you see, it almost looked like they were getting a guided tour through the Capitol. It, it begs the question, doesn't it, in retrospect? Uh, then COVID-19 erupted at the height of the primary election season. Normal methods of voting were no longer safe. And if you remember, Ohio canceled its primary election. And suddenly there was this chaos, right? And so in April, this is when Pod Horser began hosting a weekly two-and-a-half-hour Zoom. It was structured around a series of rapid-fire five-minute presentations on everything from which ads were working to messaging to legal strategy. The invitation-only gathering soon attracted hundreds, creating a rare shared base of knowledge for the fractious progressive movement. Well, when we heard from the mainstream press over the weekend that there's a group of people already looking at messaging, already listening to Republicans, already strategizing about legal solutions— Hey, guess what, folks? The same cabal is alive and active, and we're going to figure out if we can expose them. Stay tuned. Big thank you to the Freedom Foundation. For their continued support of the Ohio Press Network, where I am editor-in-chief, you can read our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. Now, the Freedom Foundation is important because they created optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. When you go there, you will see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. And that's important. 
for a couple of reasons, because the unions don't always tell you that if you're a government employee, you don't have to join the union to get the job or keep the job, or if you're not in the union, that you don't have to pay union dues. Those are all true. Supreme Court said so five years ago. And the Freedom Foundation has been educating government workers and freeing them from that union bondage. Two things happen when you do that. One, you don't pay your dues, which means that on average, you're going to save about $1,000 per year. Better yet, you're going to defund the union bosses. What do the union bosses do? Well, they fund people like Joe Biden and come all the way to D.C. to cackle Harris. They fund the movements that push transactivism in our schools. And as we just started reading again, uh, they, big labor, are involved in the types of cabal that were really responsible for making sure Joe Biden got into the White House in 2020 and that Donald Trump was removed. So, listen, not that the Freedom Foundation supports a candidate because they don't. They can't do that. But they do support your right to not join a union. And that's important. So go to optouttoday.com and learn more. Thank you to the Freedom Foundation for your continued support. Now, a couple of segments ago, we had a caller, and uh, I didn't get to hit this, and uh, I'm going to hit it now and invite you to call. Um, she said that Mike Gallagher was saying through Sebastian Gorka that Donald Trump has already chosen his VP nominee, that it's a male, and he's not going to announce who it is. Well, that raises speculation, right? Who is he talking about? Is it Chris Christie? Is it Vivek Ramaswamy? Is it Ron DeSantis? Give me a call. Let me know what you think. Do you think you know? I, I don't know. I'm still speculating that he might, you know, despite having the stink on him, um, select Nikki Haley. And I say stink, not that she's – listen, that is not a misogynistic comment. That is all to do with her allegiance and alliance to big government, um, to the pro-war movement, to what I would call the rhino caucus. Um, but let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are on that because I'm going to dive right back into this whole story about a cabal from 2020 that was responsible through big business, big labor, activists, and architect uh, Mike Podhorzer and pulling together all of these pieces to make sure that Trump wasn't elected. So in March, um, well, first of all, it says the first task was overhauling America's bulky election infrastructure in the middle of the pandemic for thousands of local, mostly nonpartisan officials who administer elections. The most urgent need was money. They needed protective equipment like masks, gloves, and sanitizer. They needed to pay for postcards letting people know they could vote absentee or in some states, mail-in ballots to every voter. They needed additional staff and scenarios to process ballots. Well, guess what? Remember when the Zuckerbergs uh, created a a fund and they sent a bunch of money to election centers around the country? It happened. Ohio took the money too. Now, Frank LaRose, uh, some would contest uh, and, and has said, he has said and others have said, well, he did use it for things that, that were needed. Um, other people worry that uh, these dollars were used to, I don't know, pander to or to promote voting uh, within a certain block, i.e. the Democrats. So in March, activists appealed to Congress to steer COVID relief money to election administration led by The Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, more than 150 organizations signed a letter to every member of Congress seeking $2 billion in election funding. It was somewhat successful. The CARES Act, passed later that month, contained $400 million in grants to state election administrators. But the next tranche of relief funding didn't add to the number. It wasn't going to be enough. Private philanthropy stepped into the breach. An assortment of foundations contributed tens of millions in election administration funding. There it is. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative 
chipped in $300 million. Quote, it was a failure at the federal level that 2,500 local election officials were forced to apply for philanthropic grants to fill their need, says Amber McReynolds, a former Denver election official who heads the nonpartisan National Vote at Home Institute. I bet it's nonpartisan. Uh, McReynolds' two-year organization, two-year-old organization became a clearinghouse for a nation struggling to adapt. The Institute gave secretaries of state from both parties technical advice on everything from which vendors to use to how to locate drop boxes. Local officials are the most trusted sources of election information, but few can afford a press secretary. So the Institute distributed communications toolkits. In a presentation to Podhorser's group, McReynolds detailed the importance of absentee ballots for shortening lines at polling places and preventing an election crisis. So uh, red flag uh, number 3,298 here. Uh, McReynolds group is talking with Podhorser's group and the Podhorser's group has already admittedly assembled a progressive cabal. But we're supposed to believe that this is a nonpartisan group. I digress. Uh, The Institute's work helped 37 states and D.C. bolster mail-in voting, but it wouldn't be worth much if people didn't take advantage. Part of the challenge was logistical. Each state has different rules for when and how ballots should be requested and returned. I reported back in 2020 on the massive number of election law changes in states, some by actors who didn't have the right to make those changes. The Voter Participation Center, which in a normal year would have supported local groups deploying canvassers door-to-door to get out the vote, instead conducted focus groups in April and May to find out what would get people to vote by mail. In August and September, it sent ballot applications to 15 million people in key states, 4.6 million of whom returned them. In mailings and digital ads, the group urged people not to wait for Election Day. Quote, all the work we have done for 17 years was built for this moment of bringing democracy to people's doorsteps, says Tom Lopich, the center's CEO. The effort had to overcome heightened skepticism in some communities. Many black voters preferred to exercise their franchise in person or didn't trust the mail. National civil rights groups worked with local organizations to get the word out that this was the best way to ensure one's vote was counted. In Philadelphia, for example, advocates distributed voting safety kits containing masks, hand sanitizer, and informational brochures. We had to get the message out that this is safe, reliable, and you can trust it, says Hannah Freed, of all voting is local. At the same time, Democratic lawyers battled a historic tide of pre-election litigation. The pandemic intensified the party's usual tangling in the courts, but the lawyers noticed something else as well. The litigation brought by the Trump campaign of a peace with the border campaign to sow doubt about mail voting was making novel claims and using theories no court has ever accepted, says Wendy Weiser, a voting rights expert at the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University. They read more like lawsuits designed to send a message rather than achieve a legal outcome. In the end, nearly half the electorate cast ballots by mail in 2020, practically a revolution in how people vote. About a quarter voted early in person. Only a quarter of voters cast their ballots the traditional way, in person, on election day. Uh, The disinformation defense, we'll cover that on the other side. Up next, we have Sean Chitwood. You don't want to miss him. Uh, We'll introduce him on the other side of the break. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.